G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision Christian Radio. Let me ask you, as couples counsellors, Jude, how often do you get the sort of topic, the sort of issue that's coming with couples that one in the couple has had an affair and the two are grappling to deal with that? When couples come to see me, uh, they are usually coming because they have some difficulties in their relationship. And sometimes they come because either, usually the man is either addicted or is looking at porn, and sometimes they have also had either an affair or they have uh, visited prostitutes and it's all come to light and uh, it, the, the whole marriage is in a crisis and they seek help. So it's not uh, a rare uh, instance. It's actually becoming quite common uh, these days among Christian couples. I imagine that all of those circumstances, the uh, pornography or uh, the sorts of things that people are exposed to, these are things that happen in secret. So you're talking about yes. secret issues of the heart Correct. that when it's all exposed, everyone's embarrassed yes. and the risk is that a marriage will fall apart. Correct, correct. Uh, and usually, you know, an affair doesn't happen overnight. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, ah, oh, what should I do today? Let me go and have an affair. There is a lot of planning, thinking, fantasizing, um, uh, disconnection within the relationship that has been occurring over a period of time. And the affair uh, is the culmination of all of this planning and thinking and strategizing. Even when the affair has occurred, sometimes people are so good in compartmentalizing their lives that they can continue living the two lives for extended periods of time until one day, uh, you know, the lid blows and everything is out in the open. So if you are going to have a strategy to affair-proof your marriage, it has to start with, I imagine, a level of trust between the couple and then perhaps talking about some of those issues that maybe either of the couple have experienced or may well identify some vulnerabilities. That is correct because um, many times when uh, an affair has been exposed or brought to the light, um, Let's say in this case, let's say the man has had the affair and the woman, the wife finds out. Uh, there is a, uh, she, you know, she goes through a period of shock, questioning herself, questioning the marriage. Was it all a lie? Uh, he told me he loved me and we've been married for 25 years. How could this happen? And when I uh, work with a couple, what I usually find is that the, the whole process of this, uh, uh, what we could call rupture and repair. Uh, so, you know, we are fallen human beings. We are sinful people. Uh, so as we live together and we interact, we are invariably going to hurt each other. Uh, now, if a relationship doesn't have a proper mechanism to repair the ruptures that are occurring 
in the interactions between the couple, then what happens is the relationship begins to bleed. Emotional distance begins to creep in. Unforgiveness and bitterness start uh, growing. And the emotional distance over a period of time makes one or both parties to start looking outside the relationship to have their needs met. And so in affair-proofing a marriage, we've got to look at what was happening in this relationship. Uh, how, how did people communicate? When they communicated, did they actually make contact or were words just being expressed? Were both parties present to each other? Uh, was there affection shown between the two? Uh, was there emotional distance that was not acknowledged? So there was a lot of things that need to be addressed to make the relationship affair-proof. Daisy, we can talk about men being those who run off and have an affair, but the statistics might show us that women are very prevalent too in having affairs within a marriage. Uh, are you familiar with the way that uh, that women tend to respond and what causes them to have affairs? Women do tend to have affairs, especially now with the with the advent of uh, social media. So yes, they do look outside. And as Jude mentioned, it's all about meeting the core needs. So when a woman doesn't have her needs met, then the actual thing she wants to do is to meet her needs outside the marriage. And so she tends to look outside as well. So Jude, this is why people find their way into some level of couples therapy. And when you talk about counselling, you call it couples therapy because it really is something that's going to strengthen the relationship of the couple, whether they've gone through the rupture side of things, as Mm -hmm. you've said, or whether they're looking for repair and then an ongoing pursuit of trying to hold their marriage together without these other threats in their vulnerable areas. Yes, that's right. And, and I, I like the analogy that's used by uh, a Christian uh, psychologist and author, um, Dr. Harvill Hendricks. And he talks about uh, a relationship. Uh, he uses the analogy, it's like a container that has these um, gaps in between. So if you think of a circle, uh, a dotted circle, uh, the gaps between the dots um, are what he calls exit points. These exit points uh, are the vulnerabilities that exist in a relationship. So the couple will need to, in therapy, identify what are these exit points and then close those exit points so that neither party, uh, when there is dissatisfaction, misunderstanding or miscommunication, is thinking, let me look outside. Perhaps happiness awaits me. A biblical perspective of life, culture and current events. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision. Jude, if we're talking about the sorts of things that need to be in place for a good marriage to remain strong or for a marriage that has recovered from that rupture and gone through a repair and you want to be able to resist the idea of another affair coming in and ruining a marriage, what sort of principles do you need to have in place for that couple to survive? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question there, Neil. I, I think um, when I'm working with couples, one of the things I try to remind them is that the the allure of an affair, the, the 
the excitement that an affair offers is possible because people, uh, after they have been married for a few years, feel, oh, our marriage is a very mundane thing. Get up in the morning, go to work, kids, this, that. But the uh, when they see someone and they feel, oh, we have a connection, my heart's beating, I feel excited, this is fantastic, what they forget is that they are actually confusing an intense experience with intimacy, intensity with intimacy. Uh, any affair that a person has will not have the same intensity after a period of time. Uh, so I tell them if you are going to compare, uh, you have to compare oranges and oranges, not oranges and apples. So you are comparing a family life with uh, your wife and children and going to work, paying the bills, taking the garbage out, to meeting somebody in secret, um, having a sexual intense experience, and then going home. That's not real life. But sometimes people don't see it that way. So coming back to what you said, how can we uh, affair-proof a relationship? How can we make a relationship strong? I believe there are a few principles that people can apply. I think the first thing is presence. Now, when we look at Scripture, the people of Israel uh, have uh, displeased God, but he has promised Moses uh, that he will take the Israelites to the promised land. But God says uh, at one point in Exodus, I believe, uh, listen, I am not going to come with you. I will send an angel. He will guide you to the promised land. Now, Moses quickly realizes the promised land is not the promised land if the presence of God does not go with them. And he says, we will not budge from here if your presence does not go with us. Uh, and when we look at Scripture, the presence of God is the most powerful thing. And we are created in his image. Uh, and we are created to live in union with the Lord. You know, uh, all of Scripture is talking about that, that we are to Christ in us, the, the whole idea of union. So if marriage symbolizes the Trinitarian relationship, then we have to look at what is the first and foremost thing that a relationship requires is being present to your partner. And this is one of the big problems that occurs in relationships. The, what, people are talking, but nobody is really hearing. They are physically present, but not uh, emotionally present. And when you look at affairs, many times people tell me, this individual listened to me. They showed interest in me. They heard me. They empathized. They understood me. And suddenly, the heart warms up to that and goes in that direction. So I would say the first thing is we need to be present emotionally and physically to our partners. The second thing that I would be saying is, touching on what we spoke earlier, the rupture and repair principle. A rupture re without repair results in bleeding, and it becomes over a period of time, death by a thousand cuts. So every rupture must have in place a system for repair. So if I have offended uh, my wife, what is the system we have in place to repair this, to ask for forgiveness, to receive forgiveness and repair that rupture? Left untreated, 
it just builds up into a massive war. Daisy, when we have couples practicing the presence of God, there's a real strength there that family, that couples who don't have this relationship are completely lacking. So the presence of God within a relationship gives us an accountability to God who is transcendent. Mm. Uh, He's given us some guidelines and some understanding from the scriptures. If we're able to practice that, we'll have a stronger relationship. Absolutely. So it is the presence of God that really helps us in terms of putting an insulation around us, but also realizing that when we are able to be present to each other, then there is the glue that also holds us together to have our issues worked through. So how do people find uh, some help if they don't have Jude and Daisy in the room? You've got a website. What will people find when they go to your website at christian-counseling.com.au? What will they find, Jude? Uh, So I work uh, with couples. Uh, They will find uh, some material there uh, for couples who are looking for help. Also, some uh, um, information on porn addiction counseling. Uh, uh, and just before the interview, Neil, we, we were talking about how prevalent uh, porn use and porn addiction is uh, these days. Even uh, children uh, as young as 12 years old are accessing this. It's rewiring their brain, their ideas of relationship. And a lot of Christian men uh, are getting addicted to porn. Uh, so they will find something there. Also anger, anger management. They will find uh, some information on anger management. And we are just in the process of uploading Daisy's uh, information uh, onto the website. So help for um, uh, teenage issues, uh, body image, uh, self-harm, uh, mental health of teenagers, uh, and uh, carers uh, who are uh, caring for individuals with a disability and anxiety and depression. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.